Uh, I guess before we get started on the message, um, all I can think of this morning is, you know you live in Aspen Springs when? (laughs) When you go to church and you have to bucket flush the toilet. (laughs) When? You have to go haul water because your tank is totally empty and people are coming over. What do you have? What do you, what's your, you know you live in Aspen Springs when? You can't run the fireplace because the propane has to turn on to heat under the house. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, you, uh, you know you're in Aspen Springs when you have to wear your pants once because it's got dirt marks on them every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know you live in Aspen Springs when you come to church and the pastor's got dirty pants on. Right? <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, <clears throat> this morning uh, we're our primary scripture is going to be in Joshua two, so I'll give you time to start turning to that. Obviously, that's in uh, the Old Testament. <clears throat> and uh, while you're getting there. Um, today's message is the beginning of about uh, four Christmas messages, so this is going to be a Christmas message. Uh, in the beginning, you may question that, uh, but hang in there, it'll get there. And we, the stage was set about a month ago uh, when we had that message about the uh, biblical timeline of the land of Israel, if you remember that. And that's the land that's being fought over right now. And that is our future home. It's the home of many, but it's our future home. And we're going to look um, today and over these coming messages at the people in the birth story of Jesus. (coughs) And we'll zero into Bethlehem, the hometown of Joseph and Mary. And today, a prostitute. One of the appeals in searching out our ancestors, you know, so many people go to Ancestry.com and they do a DNA search and, and try to build your family tree. But one of the, uh, the appeals to that for many people is to see if you have any famous criminals in your in family tree, right? <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. People really want famous criminals. Yeah, they you know, Jesse James was my uh, great great grandfather, or whatever you know. Um, and then many people do a search to see if they have any Jewish blood in their family tree. And uh, the point today, the the point of today's message, I'll give it to you up front in case you fall asleep in the middle, uh, is by faith through grace. The most unlikely person was accepted into God's kingdom. Even more astounding, this person was in the genealogical line of the Messiah, of Jesus Christ. And this person is a woman, a woman of ill repute. (laughs) And... uh, this woman is mentioned in the, the faith chapter. You know the one in Hebrews 11, by faith, so-and-so did this. And uh, it says about her, 
By faith, the prostitute Rahab. Now, how would you like to go down in history <laughs> by your, your previous sin? But by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Wow. And then James speaks of her too. When he's talking about faith through works and works through faith, and he says, in the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out in another way? So here again, um, being remembered by your past sin. Um, but look at how the Bible story develops as we go through this today. So if you're there, we're going to read through Joshua 2. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly into Shittim, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into a, the house of a harlot, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. Just a little backstory here. This is right when Israel is going into the promised land, that land of Abraham. They've been wandering out in the wilderness for four years, and they're now going in. Uh, verse 4, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, Yes, the men did come to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up the, on the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax which had been laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to the Jordan, to the fords, and as soon as they were, those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to the men on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have found how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came into Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you, for the Lord your God. He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, please swear. Did you catch up? That's Rahab, the Gentile, the prostitute, expressing her acknowledgement and faith that God is all powerful, that he is the only God. You know, that was a pagan town. They didn't believe in God. They worshiped idols. Verse 12. Now, therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you will also deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters with all who belong to them. So her immediate family and their family and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, 
our life for yours if we do not tell this business of ours. And if it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall so that she was living on the wall. She said to them, go to the hill country so that the pursuers will not happen upon you and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterward, you may go on your way. The men said to her, we shall be free from this oath to you, which you have made us swear, unless we come into the land, you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down and gather to yourself into the house, your father and your mother and your brothers and all of your father's household. It shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we shall be free. But anyone who is with you in this house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell us business of ours, then we shall be free from the oath which you have made us swear. She said, according to your words, so be it. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. I'm remembering a while ago, Terry's uh, sermon on the scarlet thread. Yeah. 22, they departed and came to the hill country and remained there for three days until the pursuers returned. Now the pursuers had sought them all along the road, but had not found them. Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they related to him all that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, Surely the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. And you remember from Sunday school, no doubt, the following chapters happen where um, they have marched around the town for seven days, and then on the seventh day, they blow trumpets and the walls fall down. Um, this is a great story of faith, a great story of grace. So, God, even in His Word that is written down for us, there are some mysteries in here, right? I mean, we don't understand everything, we don't immediately understand everything. And I think that's God's um, little plan, his little secret plan to keep drawing us back to the Word, to keep studying, because, you know, if you know something inside out, you'll get bored with it. But his, his Word is so deep, and we can constantly, constantly learn from it. But as unlikely as it might seem to us, the God had a plan for her, Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, the woman of ill repute. It was beyond belief. It was way more than three years down the road. She and one of the two spies named Salma, who became her husband, gave birth to Boaz, who married Ruth. And each of them, Ruth and Rahab, are in the line of Jesus. This would be even more significant in a little bit, and then next week. God's plan was the outcome of the covenant that he had made with Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting too excited here. <coughs> the Jews, after being slaves for 400 years in Egypt, 
went back into the land given to Abraham. This was significant. That's what was happening in this story here. So in that in the next following chapters, three through six, we see where God said that they were supposed to go through the land and conquer it. That um, they were to wipe out the existing residents. And they would then live in the houses that they had not built. They would farm the land that they had not planted. Sending them into this. And so each of the 12 tribes of Israel would receive a portion of that land. And I, I hope you realize this is the land of Israel that I'm talking about. Um, so they went into this. They started with Jericho, where we just read. In that, in that famous battle. Jericho is presently part of what is known as the West Bank. It's being fought over right now. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, that puts a whole different perspective on what is happening now between Israel and Hamas. So in sharp contrast to the Jews' forefather, which is Abraham, Rahab was a Gentile, a woman, a pagan woman, Gentile, and a prostitute. But she believed that God had given Canaan to the Israelites and acted on that in faith by sending the spies away. Now, can you imagine the faith that that took for her? So from Rahab's perspective... She's going along her merry way, and one day these two spies show up in her town, in her house. Isn't that interesting? How is it that they came upon her house instead of, say, a baker or a potter? They came to this prostitute. Don't answer that. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I mean, God knows. He said to Mary. Um, because what's so crazy about it is not that she was a prostitute, but that for the Jews, they were to stone the prostitute to death. And that's what God sends them. You know, the whole tribe depends upon her faith, putting out that scarlet cord. So she helped them. And they all negotiated a pact for her and her family to be rescued when the Israelites came back to conquer. And this was that first town in the land that I, I mentioned. What a dramatic way to enter into the promised land. To push this story a little bit further, to push our understanding a little bit further, the town of Bethlehem was to be King David's city and where the Messiah was to be born. We know that from prophecy. How did that one spy that married Rahab, Solomon, um, some translations Salma, some translations Solomon, and we see that a lot in the Hebrew names. They're just a little bit different as it goes down through the scripture. But he was the one spy that married her. And how is it that they, from Jericho and the Israelites just coming in, somehow get connected later on down to Bethlehem? We'll see. This land of Judah 
that they were coming into, the land of Canaan, the, the land of Israel that God had promised to Abraham was apportioned and given out to each of the 12 tribes in Joshua 15. You can read it, it's very detailed, it lays out the borders, and this section will be for this, this tribe, and this section will be for this tribe. Bethlehem is one of those cities. In Judah, that whole area was broken up into four sections, one of which was Gaza. Anyone ever hear of Gaza? <laughs> well, in verse 47, in Joshua um, chapter 15, it says, Ashdod, its towns and its villages, Gaza, its towns and its villages, as far as the brook of Egypt, brook, another word for river, and the Great Sea, even its coastline, where Gaza is. Do you know what the anti-Israel pro-Hamas slogan is? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. In other words, no Israel. How is it that we're reading about this in Joshua? Again, to me, it just throws a whole new thing out there. So, let's get back to Matthew 1, Matthew chapter 1. Remember I said this is the beginning of our four Christmas message sermons. Matthew 1. As we look in chapter 1, and we look down through the uh, genealogy here, you know, we read this all the time, every year for Christmas, and it may, be, may seem uh, meaningless to you with all these people's names, but that's why I wanted to pick out some of the people that's in this story of Jesus. So we see Judah mentioned, and it was the land of Judah because that was given to Judah and his tribe. And Judah... <coughs> was one of the 12 sons of Jacob who became renamed Israel. And he was the father of Perez by Tamar. So we can start reading in verse 2 and 3. And Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab the father of Nashon. And Nashon the father of Salmon. The, one of those two spies that goes on to marry Rahab. Solomon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David, the king. So Bethlehem was historically part of Judah, Judea, Judah. It was too small of a city to be listed in Joshua 15 by name. And thus the prophecy sprung up that we read in Micah 5 2. We sing Old Little Town of Bethlehem. Because it says in Micah 5 2, Bethlehem was too little to be among the clans of Judah. So this might bring out a little bit of more insight, more uh, connection to our traditional Christmas stories and songs. But every one of these people listed in Matthew 1 in the genealogy of Jesus has a story. 
Verse 5 and 6, we, we read where Rahab and her husband Salma gave birth to Boaz, who married Ruth. Each of them are in the line of Jesus. Rahab and Salma are, get this, did you put it together? They're great-great-grandparents of David. King David, great-great-grandparents. And Boaz and Ruth are great-grandparents of David. Heaven, well, again, just to repeat, Salma was Jewish. Rahab was a Gentile. Boaz was Jewish. Ruth was Gentile. She also from Moab, a, a pagan land worshiping idols. And both women became Jews. You know that famous saying by Ruth, I will go where you go, and your God will be my God. Heaven, when we get there, will have all tribes, nations, and tongues. And all who are there will be reckoned by faith in Jesus, a Jew. Born in Bethlehem of Judah in modern-day West Bank. Is this connecting some of the dots? Maybe, maybe this is the first time you've connected them and seen them connected. Ruth was brought to Bethlehem by Naomi after her husband and sons died. Naomi and her husband lived in Bethlehem before they moved to Moab, where her sons met and, and married women, and one of those was Ruth that came back with Naomi. God knew this in advance. Ruth and Boaz gave birth to Obed, who fathered Jesse, who fathered David the king in Bethlehem. Verse 20 and 21 of chapter 1 there. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the why, was, why should he have been afraid to take her as his wife? She was pregnant. Yeah. She was pregnant and it wasn't <laughs> Joseph's baby. So something's up here. For the child who had been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. You know, by the Jew, the way of Jewish reckoning, that was he was born in sin. Except scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit, God was the father of Jesus, the Messiah, in the human woman, Mary, the unwed teenage mother. So, to finish this up, as we've gone through the story, we see a connection between Rahab the prostitute, and Mary, the pregnant, unwed woman. Both would be ostracized by the people and judged by the law to be stoned. We see a connection between Joseph and Salma. Each had to make a decision to marry the woman and face the resulting issues. You could just imagine what people around town were saying about them. But this is how grace works. 
This is grace in action. This is grace delivered. This is grace in its real world happening. They were all used by God to carry out part of his miraculous plan to save the world. For all intents and purposes, they appeared to be unlikely choices, right? Yet, they all <coughs> said yes to God. And each went on to grow in the ways of God. So these, these pagan Gentile women came in, they became Jews, and they went on to grow. Right? And they became part of Jesus' birth story. <coughs> I think this is a significant point to consider in this, in this historical story here. Because the story is much fuller and robust than just that initial yes that both Mary and Rachel gave. It's much fuller. They grew in the ways of God. I mean, we don't see Rahab's family mentioned anymore. Don't know why, but Rahab is. Rahab presumably probably the blackest sheep of the whole family. But she's named. These women were called by God to participate in his eternal plan, and they proved faithful. Remember we asked that question earlier. To you, what is faith? How does faith work in your life? They didn't carry their past with them. Even though, anytime we read Rahab, it's mentioned that she was a prostitute or a harlot. Um, but they didn't carry the past with them. They let go of all of that, just like we were talking about here. And they went forward into the future of God's plan. Rahab was no longer a prostitute. And Mary was no longer an unwed pregnant girl. That's what they used to be. But their faith is what defined them for eternity. The mother of Jesus, the great-great-grandparent of David. So what about you? What about each of us? Have you let your past go? Is it controlling your present? Have you begun participating in God's future plan that he has laid out for you? And I just love your story again, Donna, I mean, it is so appropriate for this message because three years ago, how could you imagine today? And for all of us sitting here three years from now, we can't even imagine what's going to be happening in three years. But if we will participate in God's plan, it's just going to be beyond belief, I think. Sadly, a lot of people do get stuck at the starting gate. You know, they they come into God's kingdom and they just stay there. They're stuck. We have to let our past go, take in the new things, pursue God's word, look into his mysteries and see what he has for us. And say, yes, Lord, when he, when he tells us. So today, this is where Jesus leaves us in our story. He has called us by grace, through faith. And that, in other words, that means we don't have to earn our salvation. We don't have to earn his love. 
We're called by grace through faith. And he has assigned us to grow in the Lord as a church body. Adrian was talking about thanking you for your faithful prayers for our son. And that's part of what a church does. We prop up each other's faith. We inspire each other's faith. We reward each other's faith as we share our testimonies. And Jesus tells us that we are to go out with the Christmas gospel message and bring the dead to life. This is speaking about spiritually dead. If you're not in Christ, you're spiritually dead. Bring the spiritually dead to life. And from there, disciple them, love them, grow them, make them part of the family, welcome them in, (coughs) help them see the greatness of what God has for their future. And we do that by sharing our testimonies. That's what's so important about our testimonies. You know, before I met Jesus, my life was like this. I was a prostitute. But now that I've met Jesus, I'm the, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm a grandparent. I'm a great-grandparent. It sounds much easier on paper than in the real world, doesn't it? It's okay if you admit it. It does. It totally does. But that's what faith is all about. Um, it was interesting when you read that um, Bethlehem was too small of a town to mention. And it's just amazing how many times God uses something we think is too small to care about for his amazing purpose. Amen. It's like great heaven. Amen. So, in each of the genealogies from Jesus, do you think that they knew? And it wasn't like you know how we were like, God, just tell us your plan, and then we'll and then we'll be faithful and obedient, right? Do you think that Rahab or was like, oh, I'm gonna be Jesus, like he's gonna be saved through? No, but they live in one of my favorite Christmas songs is Mary. Did you know? But what about Mary's mom? How faithful Mary's mom was and how she grew her, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's it's just amazing in and all that he works all of that together. And he didn't tell them. He was not like, you need to worship me because, you know what I mean? So I think it's just amazing how if you are obedient and faithful to him, that he yeah. just has all that work out. Amen. Just in reference to that, which is really interesting, um, I love this message today because, and I couldn't get past this verse. It's in the Joshua 2, 9, and, and Rahab said, and said to the man, I know that the Lord, so she knew. I mean, that it had been revealed to her. You know, and then I think, I know that the Lord is going to make, is going to, change my life. I know that the Lord has got a purpose and a plan for me. I mean, how many times do we know just because of the experiences we've gone through or the things that have happened in our life? I know that the Lord is just so precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He reveals. Yeah. 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 Anyone else? Like, listening to this, like, it's so one of those things where I was like, oh, I wish I had known the Bible better. Um, in my marriage because like I'm a 
if I do something, I'll tell you all what I did. Like, I'm not very good at, like, being, like, <laughs> you're like, no, I stole from that person. I'm sorry. You know, I just can't, um, like, I just have to, like, be out there, right? And so when I was a teenager, I left home, and I um, was a hippie kid, and I was lived with my boyfriend, and, like, not what we're supposed to do and stuff, but I... I told this to my husband and my ex-husband and my in-laws and like, I mean, I was just a normal human being and that like a kid who was just whatever, but I was always treated like the less than like and, and below, like, below, like, I mean, I, he's even admitted to that I was below him. Like, and I laughed so hard when I'm hearing this reading because I'm like, it started off with a prostitute. And then we got, like, learning about Tamar. I mean, Tamar tricked Judah, right, into having babies with him because he, she was banned from getting remarried. And I, like, look at these things that I think, and then, like, Ruth, like, Ruth wasn't even, like, she was an to Jew. I, I just look at this and I think, who's Jesus? Like, I'm in my club. Like, and, and he has a plan for me, and I'm loved, and I don't have to be perfect. And... This lineage is so imperfect. It's beautiful. I I just it gives me such joy. Like that I, I you know what I mean. I just think about it. And I think like and when I look at other people and I think, yeah, we're right all in the same club here. Like Jesus loves us. Yeah. And you are not what your past was. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jesus. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. When, uh, if you guys take the challenge of Bob is putting it forth and you read the book of Luke, you're going to come across another genealogy. That, that's going to be in a couple of weeks for you to do a sermon on that. But anyway, when you're reading that, but I sit here and I, I, I look at Matthew. I look at this, and it goes all the way down to, and Jacob was the father of Joseph. And when I put my mind in it, I said it took all of that for Joseph to be the stepfather of Jesus. And when you read Luke, you'll get a whole different lineage, but most of the, well, all the important names are in Luke, or in Matthew. Mm -hmm. It intersects back at David. Anybody else before we move on? All right. Well, praise God. Let's uh, gather around and pray for one another.